Hello, podcast listeners. How are you guys doing today? I hope that you're doing well. Oh, actually, real quick, while you're listening, I unplug my iPad because you shouldn't leave something in a charger forever. Anyway, I'm back. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about viewing the urge to binge or bulimia or your behaviors, whatever it is that you struggle most with, with bulimia, binging, and purging. Um, separate from you and simplifying it a bit. When I first started this podcast, when I first started, like, really, it's like, no, I want to help people with eating disorders. I want to help people in particular who are compulsively binging and purging because that's what I struggled with. I came on this podcast and I said, binging and purging is just a habit. And while I still believe that in many aspects, of course, I wish... I think it simplifies things, but I wish I hadn't directly said that because, of course, eating disorders aren't just habits, you know? Like, there's so much that goes into them. There usually, there's genetic components, there's trauma that can start it, there are things that happen, Um, some people are just more prone to it, people have some sort of parent that is like what they're calling an almond mom or whatever, where they're just dieting all the time, then you get affected, whatever. So many things create eating disorders, Right. And there's lots of elements to binging and purging that aren't habit related in the sense of if you're restricting all the time and you're not taking care of your basic needs, maybe you're in an abusive relationship, whatever's going on, you are then turning towards those behaviors and using those behaviors. Those behaviors literally alter your brain chemistry, right? So you can really become addicted to that behavior in itself. Um, and it becomes just your go-to for emotional coping and uh, manipulating how you feel constantly. And then you feel powerless and then it's just a vicious cycle. So there's a lot to binging and purging that isn't just habitual. However, I still stand by what I said in this sense and how I always try to help clients see it as well is there is a habitual element to the actual urge cycle of binging. So if you can view your actual behaviors as just habits that you need to correct and you can correct them by interrupting them and then not actually engaging in that pattern and creating a new pattern um, pathway. I don't know why I'm stumbling there, but you know, If you can create a new neural pathway for that habit, um, and theoretically everyone's brain can be rewired, right? It can be reframed. The neural pathway can be shifted. Then it really becomes quite simple as to what you need to do. And it's not so much about you. It's not that you're broken. It's not that you are hopeless. It's that you just need help changing that neural pathway, right? Of course, if you do not change other things that may be contributing to your eating disorder or provoking you to go to your eating disorder, you can stop engaging in that habit. There's still going to be a a pressing need for you to use this behavior. So you don't, you can't just change the habits of eating disorders. Like you can't just stop binging and purging. But then if you're doing everything else to yourself, like never eating enough food and abusing yourself or staying in a bad situation or never learning any other emotional coping tools and just, you know, white knuckling it, then yes, it's going to be very hard to change that habit because there's going to be still a need arising that you need to fill. And then the easiest way to fill that need is through binging and purging. But if you're taking care of those other needs, you're meeting them, then the problem becomes very simple and you can just shift that. My client used a great analogy um, today, actually. She's from Canada, and so there's obviously a lot of snow in Canada. And she was like, "It's like sledding, and you know, you get into this groove where the in the snow where you've been sledding the toboggan down this one pathway, and there's its pathway almost gets iced over, um, that you can't go down any other pathways other than that pathway. And really, you just need to start a new pathway, and it might be really hard, and sometimes you might slide back into the old pathway, but if slowly but surely a new pathway can be formed, and it might take a long time. We were discussing like making all these analogies of how 
somehow, um, you know, it might even be so cemented in that the grass is kind of indented where you sled. I remember um, where we live, there's this big hill and from the winters where we would be sledding, sometimes there would be like the grass would be a little bit messed up underneath because there's so many times we went down the same pathway, right? But you can create new pathways. You can alter your behavior and change it. And viewing it that way, people are like, yeah, 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 I know about habits. But it's helpful because it depersonalizes it and it makes you see a way out. I made an Instagram post this week about, um, I think, the three elements of uh, stopping bulimia or bulimia recovery. And one is... um, one was about how you need to view it as a habit because if you view it as a habit, again, it becomes nothing about you and it becomes everything about the behavior and just altering that behavior. And if you believe that your brain is not so special, then you understand that it can be changed, that it's um, not, I was going to say palatable, but that's tasty and we don't want to be tasting brains. I was going to say it's malleable. It's right. We can move, we can reshape that. So that's crucial. And then also it's important to see it as a habit because then you can start believing that you can change it, right? You have the capability. Um, I also posted this thing, this is kind of a tangent, whatever. I posted on Instagram about how, you know, like if I said I was going to cut off your finger, if you binge and purge, you would be able to stop binging and purging. And I thought that was just like a done deal. Everyone would be good. But a lot of people commented and like, oh, that wouldn't stop me. And I asked a few of them, you know, okay, well, why wouldn't that stop you? That's really interesting. I'd love to hear more about that. Because I thought, you know, if someone told me it's going to, they were going to cut off my finger, if I did something, I definitely wouldn't do that thing. You know, I would be able to stop it. And for them, I think they think it's become so impulsive, all that sort of stuff. But I think part of them, they still want to. I think they need more abstinence from those behaviors too, where they're not thinking clearly or rationally enough, like an addiction, right? So for those people, I think they can stop, but they need space and they may, maybe need intervention from other people. But if you took anyone, put them in a room and made them not binge and purge for 30 days or longer, however long it needed, they they would be able to get out of that habit and then the incessant need and want and desire to do those things would eventually go down. But I think those people that just like, they just so want to so badly because they're doing it all the time. So even those people, I feel like, no, they are capable of change. It's just, they might need outside intervention, which is totally okay. And if you, if you're listening out here right now, my, I, I help people usually who want to be able to help themselves. But if you truly feel like you have no capability to recover on your own, please, please seek help. Please go to an inpatient treatment center tomorrow. Look for resources. Like do not, if you really seriously don't think you can do this on your own, what are you doing? Like stop wasting your time in your life. Go get help, please. Oh my goodness. But a lot of people I work with, they feel like they have the ability to do it. They just need some assistance. And for those people that they feel like, okay, cutting the finger off would be motivating enough for me, then that probably means they can do it on their own. And that means they just need to have a little bit more belief in themselves that they can actually do it. And what I've been working with on clients this week is kind of shifting their perspective to, no, it is actually possible. You can actually do it. And you're just not necessarily taking those actions. And partly because you just don't believe that it's possible, right? So if you believe that it's possible, you can actually do it. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent now. And it's I'm recording this late at night again. My life has been crazy, which I will inform you about soon. But it's just not settled. So <laughs> that's why. But anyway, hopefully this is making sense. Seeing the binge urge 
or behavior as habitual as this addictive cycle can be extremely helpful because you can stop personalizing it so much and you can see that there's actually an easy solution out and it's to interrupt that cycle. I use different methods. Sometimes I recommend just putting friction in between you and the behavior, maybe possibly removing binge foods if you need to, go to an inpatient treatment center if you really, really need to, right? Or using the pause technique, right? And stopping, taking a moment before you engage in behaviors to be mindful and see how that goes. Using other people, there's plenty of different things you can do, but viewing it as habitual, not this all-encompassing thing, even though of course eating disorders are multifaceted and changing habits is hard, can make it more simplified and then you can see a way out. Sometimes you need therapy along with it. Sometimes you need to do other work. It's not just habit change, but it for sure can help you if you think about it that way, if you simplify it. And that's why I think people so well connected to my podcast when I first released it because they had never viewed it from the habit habit lens. And nothing in life is black and white. Nothing in life is simple. Everything, every single thing. What I'm going on in my life right now is nuanced, of course. But if you can zone in on the habit habitual element and get space from your behavior, you may see your eating disorder in a whole nother light. And when I stopped viewing myself as bulimic and really just started viewing myself as, no, I have bulimia tendencies. I am struggling with bulimia. I'm not just bulimic. It changed everything and realized I could shift as a person entirely. And then viewing it from a habitual lens really gave me the pathway out. I said in the beginning of one of the first episodes of my podcast, kind of more clearly in detail how I stopped it. Um, so if you want to go to the first or second episode where I think the second episode, I talk really in depth about habits and I've done that throughout the podcast, but, um, oh no, I'm losing track. I'm getting messages now. So I'm getting off track, but go back and listen to that. But it really did, did make a world of difference. Totally lost tracks. So we're going to keep on going. I'm trying to record these podcast episodes just all in one take now, because I feel like it's just a waste of time. Otherwise, another thing I'm doing this is off base, but for you guys that are in self-development and recovery, I talked about this in the private podcast this week, but don't forget to have fun and like just live your life, okay? I'm I'm living my life in a whole new light now that things are changing for me and it's just so exciting. And like if that means recording a podcast all in one take for you guys, that's awesome. Like let it have a little errors, a little let it have a little bit of um, personality, right? It's totally great. So that's good. Anyway, so view bulimia from a habitual lens. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean it's not multifaceted. I'm not saying that, but I am saying if you can view it from a habit lens, it's going to give you a clear cut way out. And it shows you that you can change it. You were just not bulimia, right? Um, You can depersonalize it and show yourself that actually there is definitely a way out. All right. Um, I hope that this podcast, even if it was short, helped you guys out. Um, Thank you so much for listening and being there. And um, I don't know. I it's interesting. My life has changed a lot recently. Um, I'm back home in Indiana for a little while, which is fun. Always nice being on the farm. But um, I'm so grateful to be able to speak with you guys weekly. I look forward to these podcasts, um, even when I have to record them late at night. It's just you guys out there listening that support this podcast. You have no idea how much much that means to me. And I really do hope that it helps. If you ever want to hear me speak about any subjects on the podcast, email me, uh, message me on Instagram. I don't always get to every single message, but I do read them. So I would so, so appreciate that and any ideas that you have. Um, I think given how my life is changing right now, the podcast will alter too, and you'll get some really interesting insights 
from me from the rest of this year. Um, I'm really excited for 2023 in a lot of ways, like newly excited now that things are changing. So anyway, and if you would like more help from me or more recovery help, obviously this podcast is completely free and there are a whole bunch of episodes. So if you have not already, explore the other episodes. But I also have a free course on my website at bingebreakers.com that you can check out that has three core modules on bulimia recovery that might help you if you're really, really struggling. And then of course, I have um, my group coaching and my private coaching which have availability right now. The group coaching, you can join at any time. It's affordable. It's a monthly membership. You can cancel at any time. It's awesome. And then my private coaching has limited limited availability. But if you are interested, you can go to my website and book a consult and we'll speak and see um, if we're a good fit based on that consult. Sometimes people need actually further attention they can give, or sometimes I'm just not people's cup of tea. But if you like this podcast, you like my jokes and humor, you will likely enjoy working with me. All right, I'm going to let you guys go. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Bye.